Hello, I'm Mercedes Stevenson, and this is the West Block Politics, Perspectives, and Players. Indigenous leaders representing over 200 communities in Western Canada are in Ottawa this week, urging senators to vote against Bill C-48. That's the government's bill that would place a moratorium on ships carrying gas and crude oil from anchoring along the north coast of British Columbia. Indigenous leaders in some of these communities say that the bill is bad for their economies and that they want the bill to be shelved or to allow them to set up an alternative energy corridor. Joining me now are two of those Indigenous leaders, Calvin Helene from the Eagle Spirit Chiefs Council and Raymond Morris from the National Chiefs Coalition. Tell me a little bit about why you're concerned about this bill, Calvin. Um, well, firstly, it was uh, it's basically been done without any consultation of the First Nations communities impacted along the route of our project. Um, we're proposing an energy corridor from uh, Fort McMurray out to the BC coast and um, people get confused about uh, about some First Nations for a project, some First Nations against. The First Nations that really count are those whose traditional territory it's going through because they have the constitutional right to say that it can go or it cannot go. So they have uh, the economic power to and uh, it will basically um, shelve an enormous opportunity for indigenous people who've been working on a project for six years to create the greenest energy corridor on the planet um, and it'll it'll essentially um, preclude them from being able to um, generate their own source revenue and help their own communities. Ray, do you find that people in Ottawa when you go to speak to them are surprised that there's indigenous leaders here who are pro-pipeline uh, and pro having these ships come in to tank out the oil and gas because generally what we've heard a lot of has been indigenous communities who are against it. Uh, people here are confused like many people across the country. Uh, the First Nations uh, who support are like 200 plus nations uh, across Canada except for the Maritimes. Uh, who we haven't uh, contacted yet. Um, people in Ottawa, they uh, wonder why there's people coming from BC a week ago and they're in opposition. Uh, I think those people are either very wealthy or uh, they have some other project that they uh, focus on other than oil and gas energy. Uh, for my nation, we do have a oil and gas reserve under our feet. And how are we gonna ship that if a tanker moratorium is put in place or the Bill 69 with the uh, environmental, new environmental uh, assessment process? It's not new, it's, um, the old one just painted a different color because both assessment processes carry the residual formula and that residual formula when you're reviewing these uh, high value components, First Nations, high value components on the land, um, those are downgraded through the old environmental assessment process and it's carried forward in a new environmental assessment process. 
So we put high value on our components um, after it goes through the mitigation process of environmental assessment, uh, it comes out as low or medium. So that's a major concern, major flaw in the proposed new environmental assessment. What kind of reaction are you getting, Calvin, um, from politicians on the Hill? Are they open to hearing your points? Uh, the politicians have been very open. Um, the Really what, what's happened is uh, I think there's been an orchestrated effort by, uh, that's fi essentially financed by American foundations through Canadian environmental groups, to present a front that Indigenous people are uh, opposed to everything. And the way a lot of our chiefs see Bill C-48 is it's, uh, has the, um, the, uh, it's basically the result of American finance Canadian environmental groups seeking to dictate policy in their traditional territory when they know nothing about the territory uh, and it's viewed as create, seeking to uh, create parks in our backyard when um, the chiefs and the leaders have to look at a holistic uh, uh, group of uh, things to assess a project. Environment is always number one, but they have to look at employment and, um, and uh, financing their social programs. So it's really critical um, to have an opportunity. Most of these communities have over 90% unemployment. So you don't think that some of the opposition that we've seen in the media publicly portrayed that that's necessarily legitimate opposition by Indigenous groups? I think some of it is. Um, there's no question that some of it is. But um, the, the people that count, um, if you're, it's like looking at uh, the provinces of BC and, and Quebec and uh, Quebec's trying to do a project within its boundaries and the people from BC are saying, hey, that's not a very good project, we object to that. Well, they have no right to legally say what goes on there and it's the same for, um, for Indigenous communities. Indigenous communities have their own traditional territories, they're recognized and uh, some Indigenous group from southern BC is not uh, supporting pipelines and they have the right to voice their opposition but they have no right to stop it and vice versa. That's so interesting because we hear so much about the consultation. I know part of what you're doing is going to the United Nations, Ray. What is it you're asking the UN for? Well, we have the, the UNDRIP. We have the 94 calls to action. I believe uh, these new bills are geared to remove all the First Nations authority that we have through UNDRIP and through the 94 calls to action. Um, the UNDRIP, I guess the UN would have to uphold uh, everything in the uh, UNDRIP uh, policy um, to help us be successful in this oil and gas industry. If, if I could add to that. Uh, basically, the, this government has agreed to support the United Nations Declaration on uh, Indigenous People. Um, that declaration has a whole variety of specific uh, items relating to consultation and so on and so forth. And there's three specific provisions, I can't remember the numbers right now, 
that uh, this is this is uh, this uh, Bill C-48 is in complete breach of. So the chiefs want to go to uh, to file a, a a human rights complaint and at, at the United Nations, basically. Uh, because of the breach of the uh, of UNDRIP, the um, acronym for uh, that uh, declaration, and uh, for um, uh, breaching their uh, treaty rights and consultation rights, and for a whole variety of similar kinds of um, grievances. Do you think the government has listened to you when they've talked about indigenous consultation? Haven't haven't listened at all um, since. Uh, this, uh, since the Liberal government got into power, we've uh, been seeking to organize a meeting with uh, the Prime Minister and we haven't even got a hearing from him. It's, uh, that's not consultation. And the, and the reason why uh, Bill C-48 has been rejected by, by First Nations in, in our group is because the um, the government simply came out and announced that they're doing this and that's their version of consultation. Consultation is a very formal process. The government had uh, its um, application, NEB ap application, rejected in the Trans Mountain case because um, it did a lot more than they've done in this bill and it was still rejected. They were uh, the court decision said they were just note takers. Well, they didn't even bother taking notes in this case. They just announced they're doing this, and uh, it's just um, it's something that uh, that uh, will have a huge impact on uh, the most impoverished uh, parts of BC, Alberta, and Saskatchewan. Do you have any recourse if the Senate doesn't listen to you and they pass this? What's next? Uh, well, uh, our chiefs have fi have filed. Um, uh, are, have passed a resolution and they're going to file a writ um, to challenge it for lack of consultation. The Lakulamps community, the community which I'm from, which is on the coast of BC, has already filed a writ. And um, really what this amounts to is uh, the poorest people in uh, northern BC and Alberta having to take on the cashed up uh, federal government and waste their money on legal fees when there's no way the federal government can win this case. Okay. Ray and Calvin, thank you so much for your time today. That's all the time we have, but we really appreciate hearing your perspective. Thank you. We'll be back here next week for the West Block.